Welcome to The Localist Podcast, a podcast showcasing the local heroes of Pakistan. People creating positive change and driving the country towards a better future. I'm Mo. I'm Rabia. And, and we, we are, are The Localists. Localists. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to The Localist Podcast. I'm Mo. And I'm Rabia. Today on the show, we've got Muzaffar Bukhari. Muzaffar is an ex-checklist kid. More on that later while he and Rabia compare checklists. And currently <laughs> the founder <laughs> He's also currently the founder and principal of Veritas Learning Circle, as well as a practicing therapist. We thought it was a relevant time to have him on. And Muzaffar, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Rabia. Thanks, Mo. So uh Muzaffar why don't you, I mean, I've started talking about, I started off with the, the checklist bit. I know we've spoken about this quite a few different times, but uh, you've got an interesting backstory as to how you ended up starting Veritas, how you started um, doing uh, your your therapy work. Um, it wasn't always that way. That isn't what you, what you wanted. That isn't what you thought you were going to do with your life, is it? Wasn't it wasn't planned, was it now? <laughs> definitely not. And it was definitely not part of the, of the CV I had uh, imagined it to be by age. I'm, I'm 37 this year, and this wasn't the, uh, the plan at all. Uh, the plans are much more different, <laughs> for sure. So um, where, where do you want to start? Where, where, should, uh, where does this journey begin? <laughs> so, so we're referring to um, uh, uh, setting up education, um, um, coming into education, starting VLC, Veritas Learning Circle, um, and my entry into uh, a medical, um, a mental health practitioner. So I guess the journey actually started in my therapist room. And uh, this is 2014, which is when I actually started going um, to see a therapist because, uh, you know, I was, I was 32 at that time and uh, I was pretty unhappy with my life. Uh, my mom had just passed away. Um, so, so I was dealing with grief and, and I was trying to figure out um, whatever I had learned um, all my life stopped, had stopped making sense. And, and if, if you've ever been to a therapist's room, you would realize that a lot of discussions um, which we have are, are all related to our childhood and how things were, were in childhood. And, you know, um, so my childhood was, like, I mean, that's where the journey began, was a pretty normal childhood, so to say. Um, you know, like my parents uh, were married and we were financially well off and... Uh, you know, there was there was no abuse as such, and you know, like everything was okay. Yeah, and uh, but then but then I never felt super okay. And um, so if I look at my school years, and uh, I was I was an A grade student, I was a straight A student. My teachers said, uh, you know, my teachers loved me, and 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 on the on the face of it, you know, that's that's an excellent sign because our society um, and our the authority figures really. Um, reward um, excellence in academics, right? But I feel that there was there's a heavy price to pay for it, which which I didn't even realize that I was paying for it. But that was that that had a lot of loneliness attached with it. So I was like those those overweight kids in the class who was bullied, and the bully bullying was very emotional, which was very unaddressed because there was no hitting involved. So the teachers never really intervened, and and I ne- never really thought of it as being something very problematic so so from, and I wasn't good at sports I was it, it doesn't feel good to be not picked up in in in, in the cricket team and, and sitting idle in the in the PT period because that's the only game people are playing so so you know like um, just to kind of 
get my sense of identity, I chose to become really good in my in my studies. And and that's from where I drew my validation from. And that that kind of, you know, translated into a checklist which meant getting the right job and getting the right like, you know, sort of house and all those kind of things, right? So I'll I'll talk more about the checklist later on. But I guess the aha moment for me was when 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 I was sitting in my one of my therapy sessions and I said, look, I wish someone told me this in school. Someone told me that this was not the most relevant thing. And and my next sentence was that if I were to ever start a school, which I don't know why I said that, to be honest, and it's one of those things where you're just like blabbing something and, and it's not really making sense. But what did make sense to me at that time was the fact that I was in financial services and I was in banking and, and that wasn't the thing for me. So I was pretty clear that that I'm not a banker, it's not my calling, it doesn't, I don't drive meaning from it, there's no sense of purpose. So I was clear on that part, but I wasn't clear on, you know, what what would be the alternative. And, and you know, like what started off at these, you know, small uh, conversations in like, you know, like, oh, it would be nice if I were to start a school. And, and that idea didn't leave me. And I stayed with that idea for a good, I think that the first time I thought was it in 2014, and it took me almost a year, a year and a half, um, when I when I actually took the leap of faith and and hope and courage and whatnot and everything to to start the school. So that's how the school started. That was a, that the backstory for why the school started. I love it. That's great. You know, like like we say, you know, nothing. And so you were basically an investment banker and unsatisfied. And then you're like trying to sort of figure out your life and you also so you end up there at this point where you're like maybe I should be in a different profession altogether was there a lot of did you did you have any support for this decision what what, what were people around you thinking because clearly if you're a checklist person you usually care about validation on the things you do so how did that go about so the thing is that uh so, so definitely. So for my, my checklist was to make sure that I get like, so if you if you start from the O levels to A levels, uh, like all straight A's and making sure that, you know, I get into top 10 college then, and, and if you are like, you know, in a top 10 college and you, your family business is into financial services, uh, the biggest stamp of credibility you can get is to get a, a job at Wall Street. So I did all that, right? So, um, and I came back and, and, you know, I um, I was when I was 27. I met my wife. This was the right age to get married. Uh, you know, we within by the age of by age 30, we I was a father. You know, so everything was according to the plan, so to say, right? But to be honest, when my mother died, and she she, she died suddenly, um, and she um, she died when I when she was 54. I was 31. So see, that wasn't part of the plan, and and because because happy families don't have an early death so to say, right? So that kind of completely ruined the narrative for me and the script for me and the kind of world I, I, I had I had built around myself. So 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 that so when things break, things could become a lot more clearer also. You can see what's inside. Or, 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 or there's no much not much escaping from, from that. Not you're not seeing what is what is inside, right? So so I guess that was a time when um, the support I was convinced myself, and 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 the situation was such that you know um, I was pretty unhappy, and and with my wife, uh, she wanted me to be happy, and uh, and and my dad was was also dealing with grief. The entire family was dealing with grief. So, 
so at that time anyone who did anything um was very acceptable because we were all trying to support each other and trying to to get out of what we were facing right so so when i when i did say that i'm starting an education um uh, you know um venture i think what my family uh, thought was that i'm doing it as an investment in the sense that i want to start a school because i love the idea and i'm going to hire a professional team and you know it would be some sort of an investment because because family businesses make investments right so so and 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 at that time i played along uh, because of the fact that i wasn't even sure what i'm where i'm going with this and 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 i didn't want to make any big goals or any big commitments or so to say but what i did discuss with my wife one of those you know those bedside conversations which we have is that look um, i want to i want to give myself two years to see how i like it i don't know if i'm passionate about it but this just seems very interesting i feel the need i i feel that like this is very close to my heart um and and look we have we have enough savings and everything that look if it if it fails after 2 years and and by the time i'm 35 i can always go back to financial services or or figure something out right so so i think the situation gave me a lot of courage and 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 my wife kind of pushed me at that time and that's how it started so so yes there was support um at many levels and there still is well that's so, great i mean you know now look at this that you have this veritas learning center it's definitely a place i would send my kids i say that to anna i said that to anna i would i would go to her for training and i think in the same way i would say that my kid and mo agrees that our kids will be going to this place for sure seeing yeah. how they, you guys I'm in, are i'm clo- i'm i'm close to your house as well i'm in i'm in pchs and i know you <laughs> <laughs> That's You've perfect. given away the location of our top secret recording studio. Jerk <laughs> <AKA> our house. <laughs> But it's uh it's really interesting that you said, you know, if it doesn't work out after 2 years because I I recall like just days ago, didn't you guys celebrate didn't Veritas celebrate its 4th birthday? Yeah, we did. So so actually on the 10th so, of April 2 2 days ago, yeah. So it's a uh, it's kind of working out then I guess. <laughs> more working out because because sometimes when 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 you kind of you know create something as an entrepreneur I don't I I, I, I this is my first startup of of thought right and I still call it a startup mm-hmm. it gives me that feeling of like that that rush you know um mm-hmm. you don't know what you're creating um and and what would it mean to the community and by community I mean uh I mean um the your employees the people who work with you um as well as um your customers and in in this case i have two layers of customers one is my consumers who are the kids and and the parents um and what i realized is that i've created this is not a not a school but the way it it is more of a platform which is created where people are um uh, it's a safe space for many people it's a space for my 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 team to to you know follow their passion their dreams and and have autonomy and things like that so so i don't even know what has what veritas has evolved into now and what it means to um the various stakeholders involved in it right now so yeah so we are fourth year we just finished and um, and yeah we're doing well <laughs> so how wait so you you decided you know it came up from a a random a random thing that you said you weren't even sure why you said it that you wanted to start a school but then you did 
And you must have, I mean, you call it a startup. Um, you're talking about yourself as an entrepreneur. Clearly, you saw a market gap that you thought needed to be addressed in uh, Pakistan's education sector. So what was it? What, what caused you to say, hey, I'm going to open up this school and wh what are you guys doing differently? So what I realized was that, the, the, so to say, and I'm using the word issues here, um, the issues I faced as a child in school uh, had not been been resolved for schools in, in Pakistan at least, and if at all, they've actually magnified. So the parent, parents borrowing self-esteem from their kids um, was, was, a, was a, at an all-time high, right? Uh, in the sense that the academic excellence of the child um, and, and the pressure and, and glorifying pressure and glorifying, um, you know, achievement at the expense of, you know, mental and emotional health uh, is completely, was completely missing, right? So. So my, my whole idea was that let children be children. Uh, this whole craziness about like, you know, oh, um, your child is two months old, have you registered into a preschool? Um, was to be honest, quite awkward for me. We, we uh, Anita and I were both, when we were first time parents, we missed all those deadlines. Uh, because to be honest, we, we, we weren't sure that's like, that, that just sounds unnatural. Um, and I guess that's something which we needed, which we needed to change. Um, but my idea was, Keep it simple, learning through play, and let children be children. And um, and and then when you talk about early years, what I was seeing in early years in Pakistan was as early years was taken as a as a as a space for preparation for the test of X Y Z school, and 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 that's not focusing on the now on the present of the child because the need of the children at that three four five year age is very different and it's very unhealthy to put an academic pressure on them to kind of prepare them for the test of another school. And, and, and it's a very wrong, in my opinion, uh, a very wrong benchmark to, to uh, you know, put into, attach to the child's um, well-being. Progress, of, right? right? Also. Yeah. So, so that was the process that, look, I want to, I want to change. And, and, and the idea was to find people who would agree with me. And when I say people, I mean teachers who were not, who were not happy at their current place of work uh, because they didn't feel it was uh, it was fair on the kids to be putting that pressure and also on parents who who were who were quite uh, sick of the system which uh, which which was which had been going on in in Pakistan for quite some time it hadn't changed it had actually gotten worse. I mean, uh, what's it called? I I obviously or not maybe not obviously, but I I didn't come up through the Pakistani education system, right? I, I couldn't tell you what an A level is. I mean, I, I've I've kind of understood over time, but you know, I'm still vague on what all that A level, O level. I've heard there's something called an AS level. I don't even know what that all entails and where they like meet or line up or anything like that. And and to me, whenever I meet children or even when I meet adults and they're talking about some of these things, I feel like um, and when you say that education hasn't evolved here, it always, as an observer, it always looks like the teaching here seems to be centered around, like you said, focused towards another exam. It seems to be focused towards um, doing well on an exam as opposed to actually learning. Yeah. Is, I mean, would that, would that be correct? For sure. So it's very outcome driven and not process oriented at all. And That's a bullseye. That's exactly it. That's the problem. Because I've been through the system. Exactly. And, and, and you know, the, 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 the other issue with the whole idea of examination is that the, the formal examination, the way we look at it is, is, um, is a very, um, is only one way of assessing um, the, the skill base of the student. 
you know and and i'm saying it from my fact like someone who who, who was in straight a student um like it's not it's not it's not the most um, you know holistic way of of assessing it if i've gotten the concept or not and 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 there is a void in that because some kids uh, might not be might not do well on the exam on the formal exam of sorts but might show that skill in in in, in other ways of you know of of assessment um and that's something which needs to be given some thought as well because our system was very much inclined towards a particular kind of student and and that's something which i feel uh, could be unhealthy um uh, at many levels it is very unhealthy um you know even even at like a levels um for me personally i you know the the whole pressure of you know getting the grades getting those a's like getting a's is a joke now you know in the o levels and a levels um you know that's what you do that's what that's that becomes like little tea party conversation how many a's did this person's kid get you know it's also like now become like an aspirational thing it's almost like a status thing as well oh that child oh yeah you know we're sending my child to the to like this this uh, certain teachers tuitions blah 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 um and but the but the 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 implications on the other that you can see clearly hear how I'm pissed off about this. <laughs> um, but you know, it just the implications are they go a long way because when you start at this point, you know, later on you'll just have that moment where you're like, I have done everything on my checklist. Why is this not enough? I guess that that's exactly what I mean. This is exactly what my personal experience has been, right? So, so I completely understand why you're pissed off because uh, a we are very good as a nation in cracking the code. So um, when I say cracking the code, we know how to get those those straight A's, right? And those teachers make sure that the kids learn. So the focus is not on the learning; the focus is on the grade which they will get. Uh, uh, so, so that's one thing. And the second thing, which is very dangerous, is when we start drawing our self worth. from our report card like the number of a's which we have and 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 not just kids but how the parents draw their self worth from the number of uh, you know a's the kids uh, their kids are getting uh, from a mental health perspective to be honest it's um, it's a scary situation to be in oh yeah 100% so, mo you want sorry you you wanted to say something he, Yeah, just so you guys know, when we do the remote podcast, Rabia and I sit in different rooms. So, I actually no we don't have sometimes don't know when we're about to talk. But um We still overtalk yeah. each other. Rude. Yeah, I mean, we we would have done that anyway. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to the couples therapy bit in a bit. Yeah, um, we got Mozaffer here. We're sorted. <laughs> but um Yeah, getting getting back to getting back to the the point. So, what you use a very unique system and I know you've you've uh briefly alluded to it um already. You said learning through play. Do you want to do you want to expand on that a little bit? Tell people what that what that entails? Sure. So, you know, uh, when I when I was doing my research and I'm a bit of a research nerd um and a proud one when it comes to that. Uh when I was doing my research on the different education systems because um I needed from a, from a value proposition uh, or or you could say marketing when you're starting a business you need to say that this is my my pitch to the parents right so uh if I tell the parents oh I'm starting a school because of this 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 reasons um uh a the story is very personable uh, personal and 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 b just starting something uh, when you're already scared you need to have like 
some sort of a value proposition, right? So I started doing my research to see what's happening, what are the best practices happening around the world, because I knew that there, there is some really good stuff happening um, in other parts of the world. And Scandinavia came out as one of those regions which had started become, getting a lot of prominence in, um, in, the, in the global education scene, right? So, so I stumbled upon the, the Finnish model from Finland. And, um, and, and I was quite fortunate because I, I, ha- I actually have a friend in Finland. So I, I visited him and, I, and, and, and they opened up a lot, a lot of their doors for me there where I actually went and spent uh, weeks in schools in Finland. And that's where the first time I learned the concept of learning through play and, and what, it, what it entails and what it means. And the whole idea is that, look, for kids and even for adults, to be honest, uh, you know, um, the kind of traditional sort of learning where there's like, you know, the whiteboard and the teachers the, is, is there as an authority figure and the kids sitting on their desk. Um, you shut down after a while. You, you can't really, you know, um, really learn until you're moving your body. There is, has to be some sort of an experiential learning. There has to be a multi-sensory approach to it. And, and, you, and you have, you've got to have fun because that's when you're having fun, you're engaged. And when you're engaged, you're learning. And that's the whole thought process behind learning through play is that the teacher has these these milestones or the curriculum in mind, the goals which they're trying to 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 achieve or 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 in a traditional setting, quote unquote, teach um, the child. Uh, but they can do it through a series of activities where um, where the kids might were actually playing and they're playing either um, like one-on-one play or they're playing socially they, and through that they're learning all the concepts they're learning all their vocabulary the literacy the cognitive development and 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 it allows us to do a lot of integration so the whole idea that now you're learning math and now you're learning english and now you're learning science is is becoming more and more obsolete with integration which i what i mean is that when when you're learning you're not learning in boxes you're learning math and science and english and um, geography and history all in one in one lesson and i think that's where the the global best practices are, are moving towards uh, when it comes to education it brings an element of practicality as well i feel right if you don't box it it's more real life sort of ready and and that completely gets me to the point where and which was my insecurity to be honest uh, growing up because you know if you if you see all these studies that the most successful people are not very good in their studies <laughs> or the or the straight A students don't do well in real life because the reason is got to do with the fact because the straight A student wasn't learning um, the practicalities of life so they knew the theory or, um, or, or but they didn't know how to apply it and and now the learning is all application based and. And learning through play is a very effective way of, of applying that that knowledge and the theory and the concept into into everyday life. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Do you know what? Yesterday it was really funny. I like everyone else in the world right now, was privileged to be sitting at home during the social distancing time. Um, was trying to bake something, <laughs> and so the, my pan, I, I was looking at it. I'm like, well, this measurement on the pan is something else, whereas the measurement I'm reading for the recipe is something else. And I needed to come to the volume. That was, I think, the first time in years I realized that my <laughs> freaking like ad maths or like calculus class ever helped me to understand the volume through, you know, like like in that formula or whatever advanced math. That was it. I'm like, wow, that was pretty useful. I'm glad I got a D in it. Because <laughs> I went ahead and I made the, you know, I baked what I needed to bake anyways, ignoring all the measurements. 
But imagine if you would have learned this concept in a in a kitchen in your school. I mean, it would have been a lot more fun, and and you would have remembered it for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would have made the I would have made my cake, learned the you know the volumes and the the principles behind it, and had my cake too. You know, the three steps. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? It's a win-win for all. I know, but you know. I'm so yeah, glad. I had no idea. You were doing math while I was playing Xbox. <laughs> I, I do a lot of math um, when I'm trying to bake because it messes up the, you know, I understand now that it messes up, you know, how your product turns out to be. So I fuck it up anyways. I'm like, I might, it's because for me, I, I've dropped that sort of, you know, oh no, I need to have all the ingredients and this is going to come back. I'm going to come full circle on the checklist. Like if I don't meet my checklist, well, am I going to stop making it? No, I'm going to make it anyway. So it's all fucked up, but it tastes great. And I don't mind, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> Where you leave room for creativity and the issue I, I, I face with, with, with checklist is, that it kills creativity because um, creativity um, calls for making mistakes and uh, straying away from perfectionism, and yes. uh, and you will mess up, right? And 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 it's very scary for a checklist mindset to mess it up because because that's not how the world is supposed to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, it's just as small as making a bloody cake, you know. Is when you realize that you just got to substitute. You can't really go out get ingredients. So what are you going to do? And just pull that and think about it in like the bigger life scenarios, you know. And have fun it, with it. Have fun with being creative. Why not? Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. So um, what's it called? Let's let's shift gears here a little bit. I like saying that Robbie is going to call me out. Um, what's it called? <laughs> uh, you you've mentioned um, some of the mental health implications of the um, of the education system and whatnot. Now, obviously, there's a connection here because you are also a, a therapist. So how how did that come about then? The school came about while you were in a therapist's office. Did a therapist, the, did becoming a therapist come uh, come about while you were sitting in school? Um, so I have to go, uh, like, let me think, yeah. So it happened simultaneously because, okay. because while I was in the process of working on my business plan and, you know, finalizing the location and everything, um, I found out about this institute called CPPD UK and they have um, set up in Karachi and uh, the teacher was coming and she was offering a course called a self-development course and uh, you know um, I like trying new experiences so I said you know might as well go there and, and see how what, what comes up with it right so this was my first experience of of, of, of having um, some sort of a therapeutic experience in a, in a group setting and in Pakistan and 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 more to be honest, I loved it. And and what I realized from that was that what I was doing in terms of starting up with the school thing, it and and doing it with twenty five other people in a group setting made me realize that I was not alone. And this whole idea of shared humanity, common humanity, that the issues which I have faced, a lot of other people have faced in in different different um, ways, and uh, you know, on different sides of the spectrum. Uh, where, uh, you know, um, it kind of strengthened my faith. So that course, I loved it. And, and, and after that one week course, they had a certificate program and I said, wait, I loved it. And, you know, I'll go ahead and do the certificate. And, and that was another six, six months program. And while I was doing that, I kind of realized that uh, the school had started by then. And I realized that 
it gave me the language to talk to the potential parents because um, I had the idea and, and the belief and, and the philosophy and everything, but putting it into words made me, uh, the, the, the language which I was learning by, by attending that course was, was, was helping me really, you know, uh, go deeper into the whole belief of why mental health is so important, right? And from there, I got an idea, and I and 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 I was I was just, I was sitting with my friends, and I said, "Look, I love what I'm doing, like this this course, but it's going to take so much time, and I want to go into the next step, which is a diploma. It's a one-year program, but but I had the startup, and and someone said that, look, um, you know, you'd be the first school in Pakistan, from what what I know, who which would be run and started or founded by a therapist, and who would then hire educationists." And uh, versus the other way around, because most schools are all started by either businessmen or a business from a business community or or an educationist, and then it's a good school hire therapist. So I, they said in your case, you'll be the first school in Pakistan will be started by a therapist. And I was a banker, right? So I li- I like making a, a pitch, and this pitch sounded really good to me. So I went ahead and I said, look, uh, let's see, like you know, I'll I'll, I'll go go ahead with the diploma. And when I was doing a diploma, this is 2017. Uh, you uh, you have to start seeing clients as part of the requirements. So I started starting my clinical practice, and I, I found it very very rewarding. There is something very uh, healing when it comes to helping another person go through their their journey and kind of becoming that facilitator of sorts to help them out. And 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 it aligned with my with my sense of purpose, right? So that it all comes down to. So I did my diploma and I did my advanced diploma um, uh, and, and I've been a practicing practicing therapist for the last almost two and a half years now. But what I what I did say or what I did convince myself and how did it make sense to me was that it's aligned with the bigger purpose, which is to serve, right? And 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 VLC is one way of platform through which I'm serving. And my 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 therapy practice is another way through which I'm serving and learning a lot. So it's my way of contributing and Kind of getting a reward of sorts as well. So, so I love being um, a therapist, and 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 somehow I've been able to you know manage both side by side, um, uh, and 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 it's worked out well so far. And in terms of therapy, are you are you like a therapist for children or for adults or? So mostly adults. Actually, actually, all my clients are adults, and the way I, I I put it up is that my my therapy room is my R and D lab for my school. So all issues which we face as adults, um, I, I'm kind of looking at them and then applying that into my curriculum at the school. But most of my clients are 16 and above. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's what you said earlier. You know, you go to the therapist for one thing and, you know, they're like, well, great. Let's put that aside. Let's talk about your family history and your childhood. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, there's no escaping it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, on this, I wanted to bring about something, Mo. I want you to talk about your schooling and your experience because we often share notes, you and I, and I think it kind of surprises you how... I had to I had to go through the system as opposed to how you went through your quote unquote subsystem. And I know you had a few um, observations about it. I mean, we, we have those we have those conversations so often that or 
um, and so far apart. Um, but like, I, I don't remember which one specifically, but, um, I went to start off with, I went through the American school system in the Middle East. Mm. Um, so I was in an international school and, um, the, the difference, the difference for the, one of the primary differences I'd seen was that first of all, our, um, you said you would always talk about studying for like an exam at the end of the year and blowing off half the year, or the whole year or whatever. And I was, never able to do that because I was being tested on things often daily, often uh, weekly. It really depended on how each teacher wanted to set up um, their curriculum. Now, obviously, there were um, pressures at home um, from my parents where they would be like, okay, you need to, you know, get a certain grade or this and, and stuff like that and maintain a certain GPA. Otherwise, you'll never get into a good school. And, you know, th that system stuff is still there. But um, I, I was I was allowed, I guess, allowed to navigate a lot more freely. There was a, a lot more emphasis on actually learning each concept as opposed to studying for the exam, because you didn't know what the exam would look like at the end of the day, unless you had um, someone that uh, was uh, had taken a, that particular year or that course with um, the teacher before uh, you went, you would you wouldn't know because they had the freedom to alter that alter as long as they were teaching a certain curriculum. There wasn't um, it didn't have to be delivered in a particular manner. Interesting. I think does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't mean to. Uh, I was hoping it'd be more of a discussion. Um, uh, what do you think, Mazafar, about that? I think uh, no. So. Um, Mine's, when I was listening to Mo, and it was coming from a place of where he was, he was in an interna international setting. And, and one of the beauty of being in an international setting is where you see people and students with different sort of say, cultures and some sort of a different set of value system um, and, and, and history of sorts. Um, so, so the emphasis is not on the exact same thing. So you kind of have that luxury and the flexibility to find your own, um, there is more space which is given, right? But that's why it was interesting when, because most parents coming from a Pakistani background have, um, were putting pressure on the grades. And so the, so the traditional mindset was still happening at home where there was a lot of like this thing about rewards based on the grades and, and if good grades get into a better next schooling and things like that. But, but at the end of the day, I think whether it's a, any sort of education system, the way we have to think about it is where the agency has to be given to the student, where the accountability has to be self-accountability, you know? So whether it's one exam at the end of the year or multiple exams throughout the year, uh, the student has is, is, has to be self-accountable and take responsibility because, because they're doing it for themselves and not for the to please the teacher or the parents and that's the tricky part which i feel education systems and the teachers and whoever's designed the curriculums have to start inculcating and it starts from a very early age we don't want a culture of praise junkies uh you know where you're only working because you'll be given praise wow yeah no i a hundred percent you know and also you know I think it's a big lesson for parents as well, you know. They need to stop doing this whole conditional love. You get good good grades, you'll get everything. And everything else is excusable, you know. I, I don't, I really, again, this is again why I'm pissed off because I was good at a lot of things, 
and but I was forced to get better grades because that's that seemed to be given the priority and my self-worth was attached to the grades I got um, thankfully it, it didn't work too much on me um, you know and then I got therapy later on in life and it's all sort of beaten out of me now but um, but it sucks you know you can't you can't you know expect children to be good children just because they get good grades I mean the whole idea about um, self-discovery and 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 what's good and what's not it's it's very um, it, it's me- quite messed up to be honest or what we reward as a as a system and we are encouraging as a, as a nation and it's not just Pakistan it's it's I think it's a it's a it's a global thing and and it's very interesting within given this whole corona thing happening when everything everyone is thinking on a global level that we are rewarding kids and everyone on for the wrong things and and we're forcing people to to adopt their false selves because that's and and we're validating it uh you know so so this requires a a, a huge shift in in the mindset of of parents and it's a very inter- intergenerational thing because our parents were rewarded by their parents for this thing and 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 it's it's been happening for you know for generations and and someone got um, got to you know cut the cord <laughs> yeah so um we were so we just uh we were starting to cover how um you you are now a therapist and the different types of people you see and how that ties in with the education thing and you've just mentioned that we are recording this podcast at a a very interesting time in history um where you know it's it's we're in the middle of the lockdown it's the the COVID thing is happening um people are anxious they're uncertain they feel a general loss of control. Um, how how are you dealing with that? What are you telling people? What you know? What's how how is what's the way to cope with this? So the thing is that my what I'm telling and uh, is changing on a weekly basis, <laughs> and the reason is because I am also uh, coping up coping with it on on a weekly basis to see on sometimes daily basis to see what is going on. Um, you know. Um, the anxiety is definitely there, and uh, and it's coming and showing up in different ways. Um, there is the sense of shock um, uh, of what is happening, and and I I don't think that the world has ever I mean our world in our generation the three generations which my my dad myself and my uh, my kids for example these we have not seen uh, a situation like this before where on a collective basis we are we are also anxious. Even if we admit it or not, we are anxious, um, and 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 we are struggling to deal with the uncertainty which we are all going through, uh, which, to be honest, can be quite traumatic and will continue to you know have a lot of implications for us going forward as well. So how how I am dealing with it is, um, to be honest, taking each day as it comes. Um, I have uh, tried you know these 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 expert tips of setting up a routine. Uh, getting up at a certain time and you know going to bed at a certain time and and showering and changing, but but sometimes even that's difficult as well. So so the idea is to actually see that the routine is is for I'm the routine is for me and I'm not working for the routine because getting obsessed with following the routine um, can also become difficult because it's not a matter of a week, two weeks, three weeks. To be honest, we don't know how long will this last, right? Um, so, so that's yeah. one thing, you know, um, taking it easy, uh, 
just as I always tell myself, and you know, something which I've struggled with in the past is self-care. Um, this is the time of actually putting that whole self-care and self-compassion and all the values which which I've really feel that you know um, I would like to to live through. This is the time and a test of those values. And and a big one which is coming up for me is self-compassion. Like there are days when I'm feeling really shitty. And, and just allowing myself to feel shitty. I, I think it is not the time for, it's not the time and place for this positive psychology all the time. That, yeah, like things will be great. And, you know, look at the dolphins in Italy. And, and that, that's all great. But to be honest, um, you know, uh, it is a difficult time. And it is a very difficult time. Um, and, and it will continue for some time. And, and what's happening is that it's, it's, it's causing two dimensional pain. One is that the old wounds are getting, getting, getting alive. So, for example, like we have never not lived in if we're living in a joint family or whatever, like our living condition is, if uh, we have a lot more time to think about it because we're not we don't we're not there are very few distractions. Um, I mean, social media is definitely a big distraction, but but definitely we are finding times when the old wounds are getting more magnified. So you are feeling more vulnerable, and and there are difficult emotions coming up. And there is a lot of uncertainty and anxiety about the future as well, at what will happen. So you pull from two directions, right? So it's very difficult to stay in the present. Uh, in the present, what 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 I've been trying to do is um, that through my meditation. And again, on some days, meditation meditation is very difficult for me. Also, I'm like sitting with a 15 minutes timer, and after 12 minutes, I just can't keep my eyes closed because the anxiety is so high. So for me, it's just to embrace uh, that difficult emotions. And and I think I was telling my friend that, look, this is such a luxury if you want to put a positive spin to it at all, that there is no rush to get out the negative, negative emotion because you don't have to show up to work on a mon- on, a, on the next month, the next morning. You don't have to show up to a social commitment. Uh, so if you're angry, stay with the anger and, 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 and you know, feel it and, and connect with it. And, and, and you know, and, 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 and it, it will pass. But, but, but. Just embrace whatever is coming, and be kind to yourself and people around you. I mean, uh, this is this is a time when everyone is anxious. So it's not just me. So living in the family, so I was telling my wife that a lot of times we are having these arguments all of a sudden, which doesn't make sense. But but that's she's dealing with her anxiety, and I'm dealing with my anxiety. And if you're living in a house where you have domestic staff to help you out as well. Those are humans too, and they are living with their own anxiety as well. So there's a lot of collective anxiety in the space which we are living in, and and how are we uh, talking about it? Because a lot of us are not talking about it. A lot of us are ignoring it and 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 and, and numbing down. Uh, so yeah, uh, another thing which I'm seeing is this whole numbing. When I say coping mechanisms, one, a lot of we all we all have unhealthy coping mechanisms. For me, my my it's my funny relationship with food. So, so I would see myself like craving a lot of sugar, for example, you know, and, 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 and ha- allowing myself to have it. And then my cycle of guilt comes in that, oh, I've had so much calories. So, so just to be a bit more compassionate uh, in, in that thing as well of the dialogue, which is going on, because this is not the time to have like fitness goals and, and I mad respect for people who are, who are having all those huge goals and everything. But, but I don't think uh, this is the time to have these high lofty lofty goals the, the time is to kind of take care of yourself and 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 you know be kind to yourself and and you know like and just connect with oneself because when when trauma happens and this is trauma the definition of trauma for the way i look at it with my clients as well is that 
trauma happens. It's not the external event which is happening, but the trauma is when we disconnect with ourselves internally. When we're not able to connect with ourselves, that's trauma. And I think a lot of us are going through different numbing mechanisms. We are, we are disconnecting with ourselves because it's painful. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. There was so much in that. Like, there was, I felt like you covered everything I've felt since the day we went on lockdown. Like you talked about the numbing thing. And like, I can remember last night where I was, I was trying to, um, I was trying to ignore a certain situation and Rabia dragged me into it, kicking and screaming. And I'm like, we really don't need to talk about this, but I'm so glad that she did. And, um, uh, I can think about the whole structure thing, you know, where I started off and I'm like, I'm never going to get this time back. You know, I'm going to set and wake up at this time and do this and we do that and do do this. And I'm going to have a, you know, like I'm going to be more jacked than ever. And I'm going to speak like seven different languages by the time I'm I'm done, which is, you know, it, it's it, it's it's in, in the end. What I've just done is played a lot of Xbox and sat there with my cats. You know, and that's that's what makes me feel good. And you know, but um, and at the moment, like, that's why, for example, social media—it's all been always been said that you know it has it has implications on the mental health of a lot of people, right? This time, the the implications are also magnified. So when we see all these people doing or claiming to do all these crazy, fantastic things, it's causing this new form of self-pitying that look, everyone else is doing so much and I'm not. And I think all the all the wounds, so to say, which we have lived with or something everything is being magnified right so so i i hear you and 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 as i said like yes my first week was very much like yours as well where i said like i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and i'm going to go to all my parking lot things and take out and start thinking working and read so many books it worked for a few days and then i said i i, I kind of crashed and um and, and i think i needed that i needed to crash uh, that was very important because i mean my body, my, my, my mind, everything needed to crash at that time and, and, and allowing myself to crash. The only good thing is that you can, if you, if you do allow yourself, you do have time. Time is the only thing which you have, uh, which is always the scarce thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that, that crash concept for me, like that, that really resonates because I remember when I did, when I finally, I'd never binge watched a show in my life and I, I've done two now. Okay. And I, I remember I remember when I did that it was such it was such an interesting experience because you, I mean I've read a lot of like the negatives on what happens when you do that but I found myself coming out of those binges with like new perspective on things and it was because when I did that I, I guess I'd let myself crash and let myself go and not I wasn't hard on myself for the time I wasn't spending doing other things or whatever but like no I, I totally get you and there, there was this point where, where I understood, like, it's it's cool to have that structure, like where you, you said it, you said it best, actually, is like, is the structure working for you? Or are you working for the structure? Right? Because like, at the end of the day, like the only person that really cares about what you're doing with your time, and I'm stealing this from an article that we put in the, the newsletter, like a couple weeks ago, was the only person that cares what you're doing with your time is your boss. And, and to be honest, like I am a boss, so to say, even though I have like this word has negative connotations with boss. But, but when I'm working with my team also, and, and, and there are days when, for example, on Monday morning, we, we, we have agreed that we will all connect on Zoom and we'll have a meeting. And to be honest, the last Monday morning, I didn't want to have that meeting. And, and I'm like, wait, I am the, I'm the leader and I'm saying that I don't want to have the meeting. What do I do? And I wish someone tells me that let's cancel the meeting or things like that, you know. And then 
I was like, what's the best I could do? And, and you know what I did? We went on the meeting and I said, look, uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, I, I don't have the bandwidth, you know, um, I didn't feel like having this meeting, but the reason I want to have this meeting, I just want to connect and check in and, and, and see what's going on. And, and, you know, we ended up having a good discussion, but, but just being honest of how you're feeling, I think as leaders or as entrepreneurs or whoever we are, or, or whatever relationship we are in, the, the best thing we can do is to be honest and keep checking in, of course, with ourselves and with others around us as well, that what's going on. Wow, Mazafar, I'm a fan. We should talk more <laughs> outside this podcast when everyone's not listening. <laughs> I would love to talk because one of the other things which I, which I felt, and I think I want to highlight here is that, you know how everyone was having these Zoom parties and, uh, um, and I didn't have any for, for, for a long time. And it started giving me this really shitty feeling that I'm the only antisocial person here. I don't have anyone to have a Zoom party with. And, um, and you know, I think now that's also old news people that they're, they're dying down as well people have already reconnected and now they're like what next what's next i remember um i got on my first uh zoom party and rabia was there too and uh we were with a particular group of friends of ours and um i remember like i already had this uh, reputation amongst that group as being a bit of a captain holt if you if you're familiar with Bra- yeah. brooklyn 99 yeah. and um and what's it called? I, I really didn't say much the entire party. And then after after it was over, the next day, I actually called uh, a couple of the people from there individually. And I was just like, I, I can't do this whole like group thing where we're staring at each other and just like, I, it, I'd rather just talk to everyone one on one. But, you know, um, yeah, the, the Zoom parties were an interesting thing. <laughs> I mean, I love parties. I don't mind them. I really enjoy them. And I love <laughs> over-talking people. It's so much fun for me. But that's just how people are, right? Different. And it's okay you to be different. And it's you, okay. you screenshot and put it in your Insta stories as well? Oh, no. I reshared them because people tagged me. So I was like, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll um, what do you call it? Um... Oh, fuck, I can't remember the name or like the word I wanted to say. It'll come. Oh, I wanted to show solidarity. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, but um, thank you so much for saying all of that. It When you spoke about the bit that we're going through a collective trauma and that you need to acknowledge this and you need to you have the luxury to go and fully be immersed in your feelings that not and not necessarily positive feelings because that's the experience that's the human experience you you know you you have yes you're right there is time that what we have right now and i just felt this immense sense of relief yeah and i just you know i i felt like wow nobody's talking about this on social media why is in, in instead, which is exactly the opposite, where people are putting up these horrifying posts of like, oh, you never had this much of time, better go do something now. And it's like, but I can't cope. I can't. I can barely keep up with what I have. How can I add on more things to my list of things to do? Do you know? And again, you're just caught up in this loop of like, oh, shit, I should be doing this in this time. Nobody realizes that this is huge. Yeah. Um, what's it called? It's 
And once again, you know, reiterating what Rabia said, just um, thank you for saying the things that you had. I know we've had separate micro discussions about similar topics, you know, over WhatsApp and stuff over the last couple of weeks, you and I. Yeah. And that's actually helped me um, better have better conversations with whether it whether they're friends, family or clients where it's just like, no, it, you know, people, you know, often will turn to me and say, hey, you know. Uh, I feel really, really awful. I wasn't able to work out at all the last couple of weeks. And I'll say, that's okay. Don't worry about that. Oh, but my, my, my eating's also gone to shit. And I'm just like, that's fine. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Because th- this is that time where you, you really, we don't know what's going on. Take care of yourself. And that's resonated really well. So thank you, man. No, no, I'm glad. We need to send um, a message out to a lot of people who need to hear this because I've been feeling it and, and the, these are big feelings to be honest and then and, and they're coming in waves and, and I, I feel that I've, I've dealt with them and then they come back again and I'm like oh god let's get like you know just brace yourself that they've come back you know and 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 and, and I think it's going to continue for a while. <laughs> And yeah, and that's that's why you know um, it was it was such a. I know we've been trying to do this in person before we went on lockdown, but it was such an important time to get this podcast out and share this message with people. So I love the yeah. I love you know Muzaffar how you say these are big feelings. You know, this is people. I I don't think that you know you sometimes you just know okay this is a big deal. And it wasn't until like I heard you speak on it that I realized that I don't know. It almost had more of an impact to learn that. Wait a minute. Yes, you know this is actually proper like trauma. A pandemic Hello, is no joke. There's We're a losing lot of you people. You know, everyone's in this with I'm you, and everyone. that's what you right right now. What you need is a sense of like community. Rabia, Hello? Um, it's I'm losing. Uh, Hey, you. Yeah, Hello? Rabia, we, we, we lost you. We lost you. So just restart that point. And I'll edit it out. Am I back? Are you li- I can yeah, you're back. Me? You're back. You're very clearly back. Yeah, it was it was gone for like um, that entire point, basically. You turned into a cyborg. Oh, no. <laughs> what did I say last, Mo? <laughs> Big feeling. I don't even know. Just, yeah. You said something. Big feeling. You were talking about it. Yeah, Muzaffar saying it was a big feeling. Oh my God, that was such a long thing. I was going on and on. Okay, I'm kind of glad that happened. <laughs> but I was saying that this is you. You are you are when you said these are big feelings. That just makes a lot of impact. Like that just that just by by you saying and sort of reiterating that this is a big deal and we are going through a collective trauma. I think someone like me wanted to really needed to listen to that and I, I listened to that and I didn't even know that I needed to listen to this. So thank you so much, Muzaffar. Um, all I want to say now is, other than the beautiful thing you've already told us, do you have anything else you would like to leave the audience with? Any thoughts? Anything we haven't covered as well that you want to discuss, you know? Well, I, I think we touched upon so many things, like from VLC to my therapy to, to Corona. But, but, but yeah, I think... Uh, I know a lot of us are trying to to you know grow in uh, in these times, and growth is a big big deal for a lot of us, uh, you know. And I and, and this is what I've told myself that not doing anything and and being able to connect with oneself here in whatever way, whatever works for us, is is a, is, is is huge growth. 
So if we can just do that and be okay with, with not doing anything, I think we've achieved a lot. Um, Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. So where can people find out more about Veritas Learning Center? Uh, so our website is uh, www.blc.org.pk. We have an Instagram page as well, which is writer.learning.circle. Um, so, so yeah, and, and, and my Instagram page is muzi, M-U-Z-Z-I, uh, Shah, S-H-A-H, Muzi Shah. So, so you can find me there. Um, so, yeah. All right, man. So, you know, we look forward to hanging out with you once this is all on over Zoom. in person. You know, I'm just kidding. No, not on Zoom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's often turned out that, like, I, I feel like we're, we're almost using uh, the podcast to make uh, new friends. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can connect in person again soon. In your tribe, right? Yeah. So, 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 Mo and Rabia, thank you so much for doing this because what you're doing is you're creating a tribe and, and, and part of part of growing growth is that when, when people are when people are growing they're, they're feeling a bit lost sometimes um, they, and they need they need that tribe and, and what you guys are doing is building a tribe so, so so keep doing what you're doing so that's fantastic work thank you so much for having me I really thank enjoyed you. chatting and and uh, and uh, you know having this authentic conversation well, thank you so I'm much. so glad you said the tribe bit because one of our influences while doing this has um, always has addressed been, their audiences as tribe yeah, they always call to, they always address, uh, there's a podcast in the Middle East uh, run by some of our friends, actually. It's called the Dukan Show. Yeah. And they always encourage people to find their tribe and they refer to their audience as the tribe. So when you said that, it was kind of one of those full circle moments as, you know, as when we, what we, things we looked at when we were and thought about when we were starting this podcast to now when we're actually, what is this, episode 16? Oh my gosh. That we've, yeah. I've lost count. Um, that's good we were trying to go more than 13 13. (laughs) yeah so uh, yeah thank you Muzaffar so guys the Localist podcast is produced in Karachi Pakistan by Robbie and Mo you can email us at thelocalistpk at gmail.com or find us at thelocalistpk on Instagram Facebook and Twitter if you're enjoying the podcast please tell your friends about it and if you're able to leave us a rating and a review please do so And remember, don't be a dick, stay at home, stop the spread if you can. We're all in this together.